Hello, and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis. And I'm Tara Barrett. And we are back, Tara and I, with another Clips episode here of Living Heritage. And today, it's all about goats. According to the Census of Newfoundland and Labrador, there were 15,071 goats in the province in 1935. In 1945, there were 516 people in New Perlican and 159 goats. That's approximately one goat for every three people. Uh, we did a project, Tara did a project a couple of years ago in New Perlican called the Goats of New Perlican. We had done some uh, preliminary work there in the community. We did a, uh, a workshop where people were mapping out stories. And one of the things that kept coming up time and time again... We're goats. We're goats. Yeah. yeah. It seemed everyone had a had a story about a goat. And when I said to people, you know, you have a lot of stories about goats. And they said, well, doesn't every community have uh, <laughs> stories about goats? And many people have memories growing up, I, I think, in rural Newfoundland of, of goats. Um, goats were, I guess, easier in some way than having a cow. Uh, yeah. You know, if you were looking for, for milk, um, you know, goats could kind of roam and and you didn't have to import food for for a goat. Goats could would eat pretty much anything. Yeah, and also in New, per- New Perlican in particular, goats were, I guess, a little bit easier and a little bit cheaper than horses because um, a lot of people in the community would use them to haul wood, similarly that you would use a horse or a dog team, perhaps. Yes, yeah, so they would have a, a goat cart. And lots of people had stories in New Perlican about the goats that would haul wood. So today... Uh, we're going to be playing a bunch of clips. Most of these are ones that you and Kelly Drover, I think, had had collected. So these are from when? 1990, uh, or sorry, 2000 and 2017? 2017. 2017. Yes, 1997, but that was <laughs> a very long time ago. Uh, uh, 2017. Um, and this was the very first project we did as part of our uh, oral history oral roadshow. History road show. Yeah, we had gone out and, and we had had a, a kind of a community storytelling night and and, our, and goat thought, tea. our goat tea and I thought no one's gonna we're not gonna be able to talk for half an hour about about goats and people came and we had all this other stuff to prepared to kind of talk about and and people just talked about goats for about an hour <laughs> and then you went out and did all this amazing research and met some goats yeah there's still several goats in the community there's uh there's a smaller kind of pygmy goat that's a pet goat and then Ron Peddle, one of the the men who you'll hear today, he still has about seven goats himself. He's got a big buck, and there's actually an interesting story associated with his goats and the heritage of New Perlican, and we'll probably get into that a little bit further as well. Okay, so let's get right into the goat lore today. Where do you want to start? Uh, I guess to start off, there's a really great story from Bertha Conway, whose husband uh, used to keep goats, and it's just like a little, qui- like a little quiet, quick little story about um, a funny story about. Goats and a birthday party. Another time, another time we were having a party out in the house, a birthday party for the youngsters, I think. And their father went out in the stable and took the goat in the paint, tied her tail up to her leg where she wouldn't dirt on the floor and brought her in the house. Brought her in the house and put her in the kitchen alongside the youngsters. Well, did they ever have a time with that goat? Yes, that was, that's what they did. 
So in that little clip, we can hear about how, although their goat was kept outside, usually they were brought in the house for this birthday party. So there are, like, lots of stories that we heard about people keeping goats as pets in addition to having them as, you know. And goats getting in the houses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what do we got next? Uh, so up next, there's a man, uh, Grant Tucker, who's actually down in Winterton. And he had a story about growing up around goats, and they had a pet goat whose name was Nancy. Our goat, Nancy, was a kind of a pet thing, you know. And uh, I know she annoyed a lot of people around because she would get in like and one person here had, uh, had a pair of pantyhose or something on the clothesline. And Nancy goes in, and she gets it, and she starts chewing, 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 right? And uh, sort of spoil the pantyhose. And she'd go out around the store, green store, used to be out the foot of the lane there. She'd run around the store, and uh, and the kids would be going in buying chips and cheesies and whatever, and they'd have to give her some. And if she if they didn't, she would go along, and she'd nudge them and nudge them until they gave her some, right? Goats love to eat. Oh, definitely. Anything. <laughs> Anything. And you've got a funny little story uh, about feeding feeding goats. Who is this? Uh, so this next one is from Ron Peddle, and uh, he's his father had two goats called Abel and Cain, which are great goat names. Um, and their goats, I think we, you know, we're kind of showing how they can be a bit stubborn. They can have personalities onto their own. And so oftentimes when they would get home, they wouldn't want to come up the hill. So his mom had a special trick to get them up the hill. So and, we'll hear what that is. And this is a gentleman you said that still has goats yes, in the community. Yes, he still has goats himself. We had two goats. We had Abel and Cain. That's what Dad called them, Abel and Cain. One was a little bit smaller than the other one. And Dad loved animals. I mean, Dad was, he, he treated animals, fed them well, right? So you're in the morning, you go up in the barn and, good cold morning a lot of mornings I didn't want to have to go up <laughs> I mean, the old man get me up at 5 o'clock in the morning you go up and, and they used to give him oats you give him a, give him a tub of oats every morning a bit of hay and then to get him ready and you, and you go in, in the woods then but the little one was pretty cute when he, when he hooked him up to the slide like that slide you took a picture of that slide up there it was like that that's what they call a horn cat used to call that hook him up to the slide when he when he got he was alright going in because they never had no load on the slide but, but coming out when you get a load the little one used to slack back a bit, right? So the other one had the low, and he used to slack was pretty keen. <laughs> and don't man used to get so mad by our dad. He used to be so mad. So one day he jumped off the slide. And he, well, well, we used to have the rope too. And every time you get on the wood, you walk along with the goats, right? You help them. But this morning he got so mad. He went up, he run up, he grabbed the goat by the head and bit his ear, right? Bit the sticky thing, little fella's ear. And after that, as soon as he get off the slide and walk up towards the goat, he, he stretched right out, boy, whatever he does, and he almost bust the line and go trying to horse a fast, right? <laughs> I used to do some laughing. That's all he had to do was walk towards him. But anyway, after we get out and where we lived, out the road out there, there was a bit like out there, there's a little bit of a hill. And the barn was up on the back. So what he was, so mom used to buy the, the girl guy cookies, right? I don't think we ever eaten buy the girl guy cookies. I shouldn't be saying that, but the girl guy cookies neither, I guess, right? But anyway, she'd go up and the, when they see him coming up the driveway, up the road, mom used to go out in the back of the house and she'd go out with the cookies. And they got used to mom coming out, giving them the cookies. And when they see mom, then all they start pulling again. So they take off up across the garden, pulling the wood till they get the wood up to the barn. And mom used to go and give him a couple girl guy cookies. That was their treat sort of thing, right? <laughs> only for that, I don't think you would have got him up there, right? 
poor Ron never getting his uh, his girl guide cookies there. Uh, there were a lot of goats in this community. Uh, you know, we said at the beginning that there were, you know, at a certain what? point there was one goat for every three people in, yeah. in New Perlican, which seems like a lot today when goats are kind of a rarity. Yeah, I mean, Ron got seven goats, and I think there's one or two other goats in the community, but that's it versus... How many there yeah. were, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, in in terms of how many goats there were, you have a little clip. And, and who is this one from? So this one's from Susie Smith uh, in uh, New Perlican, and she's talking about just how many animals in general there were and how you'd have to take kind of a flashlight with you when you walked around so you wouldn't uh, <laughs> smack into one at night. Now, before we had uh, town council and before the water and sewer went through, the animals were roaming everywhere. But uh, after the town council, when that was all... That all came to an end. It was good. It was good in a way, but it's missed, I suppose, from the older people. So what yeah. kind of animals would there have been? Well, the cows and sheep and the goats and the horses. They'd all roam the roads. You never know when you go for a walk in the night if you, and no lights on the pole. You would never know if you were going to bump into a goat or a horse or a cow or something on the road. You had to be very careful and take a flashlight when you went night time, for sure. Had to take a flashlight with you. I wanted to read another little clip. There, there's some great stuff in the old newspapers about uh, about goats. And there was an article from the Daily News called Boys Rescue Stranded Goats in Spaniards Bay. So this is from November 1st, 1956. And the little article said, Goats have always had high notions, but when they take on the role of Lucifer to ascend too high, there is bound to be a fall. And they are not the best loved of animals, whether they go high or low, poor creatures. Yet someone is always ready to get them out of a tight spot when ill luck befalls them. So these boys had to go out and rescue these goats from wherever the goats uh, were. And this was a this was a chore of kids. Kids were sent out to to fetch fetch goats. Yeah, oftentimes in the summer the goats would rain free and then uh usually in the fall or when winter came on, uh boys of the community would be tasked with kind of chasing down and and catching the goats of the community so that they could go back in for the winter. My first memories of goats is actually uh we used to, uh, we used to chase them. We used to chase them and then, I guess we were, was playing with, with a, with a wild animal, or we called it a wild animal at the time. We were a bit scared of them. They were always around. There was hundreds of goats in the community when I grew up, you know what I mean, on the streets and especially where we lived right in the middle of the fire roads there. Every road in New Bergen leads to the fire roads. And no matter where the goats were, they were coming from either in the graveyard in the, in the Beaver Pond Road or in the here, the new road, or uh, coming from the south side. But wherever they were going, they were going through the fire roads. There was times when you look out from our house and there was uh, probably 60, 70 goats in the fire roads. And we got, there is pictures around in the and we got pictures that we took when the kids were small. We were coming home on vacation. Goats were allowed to run wild. Same as animals, same as horses and cows and sheep and the community was loaded with animals, right? Wild animals, so. So that there was Max Warren talking about the goats of New Perlican. And one of the things that people would often do, uh, in order to predict the weather was watch the movement of the goats. He talked about how many goats there were there on the five roads. And oftentimes when the goats were on the move, people knew that when they were hiding, that that's when there would be rain. Um, so that's, that's what our next, uh, clip is from. And so this is from, uh, Bertha Conway again about 
rain and the goats. We we heard a similar story to this, I think, when we were out in Windsor at one point. Someone was talking about the goats coming in, and yes. they, they knew the rain was coming because the goats would go under. Was it the school or the Salvation Army? I think the Salvation Army, and, and they'd, <laughs> they'd hit the. They'd hear their horns bumping on the floor uh, underneath the, yeah. the, the the boards, so they would know that a storm was coming because all these they'd hear the goats who uh, goats horns on the on the boards. All the goats be in the woods, and when it was going to rain, they'd come all out in a big line. Every one one followed the other all the time, and they go in on their flakes out of the rain. But when you see them coming, you say, oh, we're going to have rain. All right. So uh, I, this sounds like it would, would have been a lot of fun doing the field work. Oh, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kelly and I had a lot of fun out there. And getting to meet with different people. I remember in one day I'd had five cups of tea and I was like, no more, <laughs> no more tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I know that's, that's, uh, something that happens when you're doing field work in, in Newfoundland. You got to drink a lot of cups of tea. I, I remember going out when I was doing work on the Bonavista Peninsula. One of my first jobs with Heritage Foundation was, was doing work on the Bonavista Peninsula. And, You'd go up and knock on someone's door and you were looking for information about whatever and people would be like, come in and have a cup of tea and your bladder's ready to burst by the, <laughs> at by the, the very end of, the end of it, it was a, a, finally, it was a new Perlican board member. I was like, I can't have the tea. I was like, I've, I've accepted every other cup of tea, but I, I gotta say no. I've gotta drive back and, you know, I can't make that I many stops. I won't make it to, I won't make it across the Hearts Content Barrens if I, <laughs> if I have another cup of tea. That's uh, funny. Now, um, people had, had obviously had lots of memories of these goats and they, they were pets and they and they existed in the in the community but they they were uh, in some ways working animals they they really did serve a function for for a lot of uh, a lot of um what well, we you you had mentioned earlier about men working in the woods and and using goats to kind of haul wood from one place to another yeah men and boys would often use a cart as you mentioned uh to haul the wood and in addition to that um goat's milk would be used sometimes in addition or sometimes in place of a mother's milk if they weren't able to feed their babies so they were definitely a practical a practical pet as well yeah people would would talk about the milk and say that if you had a kind of a a baby who wouldn't wouldn't drink or colicky baby or something that goat's milk was was the best thing to to give that that child and lots of people had memories of of goat's milk you know it's it's uh maybe we need more goats today for some artisanal artisanal (laughs) goat cheese and goat milk and all that kind of stuff i i love the idea of the goat carts and I think you have a, you, you found a couple of photos of of people who had little carts yeah, tied to their Yeah, there's some great goats. photos. And uh, actually, when we were out there, um, Kelly and I stopped into uh, Scallywags, which was a local restaurant out there. And um, while I was looking around, I managed to find like a goat cart that was done by a local man, and she managed to find this beautiful carving <laughs> of a goat called the New Perlican Aboriginal, which she she bought because how could you uh, yeah, not? Beautiful, I think, is beauty is in the eye <laughs> of the beholder. These are very much uh, pieces of folk, folk art. Folk art, yes, yes. <laughs> and they are they are quite charming. Uh, uh, there was another one of these newspaper quotes about uh, about harnessing uh, goats, and this is an older one. This is from the Harbour Grace Standard, uh, May eleventh. 
1894, um, but it's actually in the St. John's Notes section. So it's in the Harbor Grace paper, but it's about something that was happening in, in St. John's in 1894. And I just have this vision of kind of Victorian era, uh, you know, kind of coal smoggy St. <laughs> John's and these young fellow with their goats. Um, so this is the quote. Uh, there is a novel kind of sport, which a few of the young men of this town have lately taken up. It is goat driving. A pair of large goats is secured, William goats, and then a four-wheeled vehicle, nicely painted, is attached to them. And after little practice, they make very good time on long journeys. I love that. I, <laughs> I want a goat of my own and a little four-wheeled cart. And then I'll just drive around. I'll drive around Clark's Beach in my little <laughs> goat cart. You can come out and I'll give you a ride. All right. I would, I would definitely <laughs> go for a goat ride. Definitely. Uh, so now, do you have a clip about, uh, the, the, the carts? Yeah. So in this coat, in this clip, it's Grant Tucker and he's talking about goat's milk and, and that importance and how he drank it as a kid. And then he also talks about the carts, which he calls dog cats. Dog uh, cats. Yeah. Dog cats from catamarans hauled by dogs is, is yeah, the way so he describes a, it. Yeah. This is a goat <laughs> dog cat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> goat's milk, for example, that's another one. It should go back to when I was born. I was raised on goat's milk. Okay, and the goats were kept, like milk goats were kept, just in case the child was born and the mother couldn't feed the child. You know, right? And... Um, According to what they say, goat's milk is probably the most nutritious, you know. Anyway, I was raised on goat's milk, as were many children these times, right? And even if the mother had milk, goat's milk was sometimes used as a, as a supplement, you know, right? As an additional one. So um, goats are always really part of the scene. Now, what I remember most about goats growing up, of course, is uh, they were used for hauling wood. You've probably heard that. A tackling was made, you know, right? And um, the, the goat was uh, hooked up to a, a sled. The kind of a sled was called a dog cat. And, and the name comes from dog catamaran, you see, which was the, the kind of a sled of a particular size that could be hauled by a dog because dogs were used as well to haul sleds and the goat was tackled up of course and uh, some of these goats like the one you saw in the picture there big goats were quite strong and uh, people would use them in the woods you see to help them haul their wood so I guess in addition to being those really practical animals, oftentimes people would eat goat, um, similar to the way you would eat a cow or, you know, a chicken or something like that. There were certainly people who had uh, stories about eating goat. And Ron Petal, who keeps goats himself today, he's got a great kind of his favorite way to eat goat. And he talks a little bit about how his two boys love to come home for goats. So we can take a listen to that clip here now. I do a put on earth to eat. So like sheep or cows, whatever, right? You know, but they're they're fed well and treated well up there. You know, yeah. yeah. So yeah. how do you usually cook goat? Well, you can put it like an oven with a roast. You like a roast in a roaster pot. You can cook it like that. Now, the way we like it here, I like the goat. You don't want goat cooked a lot, a real lot, right? It's not like pork chops where your pork has to be cooked well. But uh, you just take. I got an iron frying pan. Takes the iron frying pan and I put a little bit of oil in it. And get the, you want it hot. You want to get your frying pan good and hot. And then we put a little bit of like just a couple little pieces of fat pork, cut it up a bit real scrinny. And then uh, a little little bit of soy sauce. Put a little bit of soy sauce in there. And then and a bit of pepper and a little bit of salt. 
and uh, the chops. You get your your pork, your, your goat chops, and uh, put your chop. Then you just chuck them in the sizzle when it's sizzling. And you only want to cook them for a couple of minutes. If you cook goat very much, it's going to curl up and it's going to be like shoe leather, right? So you, you only want, and you can cook goat like like a bit medium rare. You don't want the blood run out of it, but a little bit red, right? That's that's how we find the goat here. Like my sons, I mean, I mean they can eat a goat for dinner. I mean Matthew and Mark, my two boys. I mean they come home and I mean they love it. Basically, that's what we do. They try to get home every year, you know, and there's something different for them. So that's the way we are. You can take the roast and put a roast in the oven like you do a roast of meat with your onions and seasonings on it and everything, right? I was just saying I, I would love to go to Ron's for, <laughs> for a feed of goat. For a feed of goat. I yeah. know. I love that. I love that, you know, the that description there, the frying pan and the soy, soy sauce, sauce. <laughs> <laughs> with your goat chop. Um, yeah, we definitely need to finagle an invitation next time the boys are home and, and uh, have a taste of Ron's goat. Ron loves his goats, though. Man. Oh, he 100%. Is, he is funny. You know, um, some of the, the folklore students had gone out to New Perlican. And they were looking for the goats, and they they had gone to the graveyard to see the goats in the graveyard, uh, Ron's goats. And they um, and the goats weren't there. The goats were were in, so they they had left. And they had said, "Oh, we and when we were driving out. There was a man there who kind of looked like Santa Claus." <laughs> and I said, "That has <laughs> That's to a be a great that description has, of Ron. That has to be Ron." <laughs> I, I knew exactly who they were talking about because he's got this great big, great white big beard. bushy white beard. He's a total. Uh, he he could be Santa Claus, I think. <laughs> Um, so Ron lives right across the street from the old Anglican uh, cemetery. There. Actually, on the same side on the of the same road. Side, same side yeah. of the road, and um, and so his property kind of abuts the the cemetery property. Now, the cemetery they have a new Anglican cemetery, which is more maintained, and the old one because there's not a lot of direct, you know, immediate living relatives. A lot of that uh, cemetery has become very overgrown. Enter the goats. Yeah, so uh, this was something that Ron had seen online, and he brought towards uh, Eileen, who works with the New Eileen Heritage Matthews, New Perlican. Yeah, yeah. Yep. and he thought, well, that's great. It was it, he, what he saw was them eating uh, the grapevines, so like to expose the grapes to the sun. Uh, that's what he'd heard about, and he thought, well, there's a cemetery right next to my <laughs> property. Why not? Why not open that up? Let the goats have at it. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of neat to go out to the cemetery and there's goats kind of wandering around. One of my favorite stories is that uh, our our coworker at the time, Kelly Drover, had gone out to take pictures at the cemetery and was in there and was terrified of the goats. And, and she told me and I was like, oh, yeah, scared of the goats. And then when we went out and met Ron's big buck with his huge horns and the size of him, I was like, yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's an impressive, <laughs> an impressive size goat. What's it, I do you remember gotten. his name? The Oh, Tom, I think it is. Some of them had great. Yeah, I'm some pretty of them sure that's Tom. Names and people were remembering the names. The one name that stuck in my head, someone had a goat named Juicy Fruit. Yes. Which, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great name for a goat. So this is this is Ron talking again about the cemetery goats. Your land backs onto the graveyard there. Can you explain? Oh that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee, that How worked that out. Came about? Yeah. Yes, that worked out really well. Uh like where it goes to the graveyard is adjoining to my land. The fence went up there between the two lands. So Eileen, Eileen, she was the heritage into this heritage thing, right? Now I seen, I, I tell you how that come apart now to tell you the truth. Down in, in, down in the Florida somewhere down there, they had great, they had the grapevines and they, they'd start bringing goats in. They let them, they used to let them go out in the, in the, and they used to eat the leaves off the grapevines, but they wouldn't touch the grapes or nothing. They used to have to hire, I think it's Mexicans used to come in and pick the leaves so the more sun can get at the grapes. But they, they tried goats. 
And gee, they brought the goats in and they were doing a wonderful job. They loved the leaves, so they eat eating the leaves and opening up the grapes for the sun, right? So I was watching this and anyway, uh, the old graveyard out there, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it just goes way in the 50s, I suppose. It goes back a long time. I can barely remember when the last fellow was buried out. But anyway, at Eileen, I mentioned Eileen one time, right? So I said, you know, and the post was all around her post, but the wire was half to falling down. I said, we should let the goats out there. And another good thing with goats too, they only drop, they only buttons, little buttons. It's not like a sheet where you got a mess, but with them, it's only little buttons, right? And they dry. No matter if you miss, all dry it out, so you got no mess neither. Anyway, we, she said, yes, I'll look into it. So they got, I believe they got a little grant or something, so they put the wire up, and they put a gate and join in my line, let them out there. And you couldn't, you, from the road, you couldn't see across that, out the graveyard. You've noticed the graveyard, I didn't tell you probably. You couldn't see across there, it was all these bushes and birch and everything that growed in. And I had them out there about, that's about the second year, I know, I guess, so maybe third year or something. And uh, they cleaned it right up. Oh, gee! And now up there now, all you got to do now, really, if they had another grant to go up, because all the all the underbrush is eat, and it and then it dries out because they eat right down to the root, and uh, everything's all dried right out up there now. And oh, gee, what a difference, why? So it was great for them. It was great for me too, because it gave me just more room for the, the goats to wander around, eh? So there you have it, the cemetery the cemetery goats, and. Uh, you know, Ron is good at keeping his goats in. These days, you can't allow your uh, your livestock to kind of wander through the communities. But there there was a time when that was a very um, common activity. You know, lots of Newfoundlanders will remember the days when horses and goats and whatever would kind of wander uh, around. Yeah, a lot of people talk about when the municipalities kind of formed and how that was one of the things that stopped when those municipalities formed was the, the free-running goats. The free-running goats, yeah. Um, but before that, even when the goats were free-running, you know, you you wouldn't necessarily want to let your goats run absolutely free because they would get into your gardens and we, we've mentioned how goats like to eat everything so they'd get into your cabbage patch and eat all the cabbages or, or eat the clothing off the line or yes. <laughs> whatever <laughs> it happened to be so you had to have you had to have a yoke on your on your goat or you would or you could put a yoke on your goat you going to just describe what a yoke looks like i will describe briefly but grant tucker does he do does a little too, yeah. uh description but basically it's three pieces of wood uh two are the same length and one's a bit shorter and the shorter one will go across the neck and the two other ones will meet so it forms a triangle around the goat's uh you know neck such that it doesn't hurt them but they can't go through you know your garden fence so if you had a fence up they wouldn't be able to stick their entire body through. They might be able to get their head through a little bit, but because <laughs> of that, stop, stop them. them. Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, another one of these great little pieces in the, the newspaper in 1884, the Harbor Grace Standard of May 14th. Uh, the police office in Harbor Grace uh, noted this. In accordance with Chapter 79 of the Consolidated Statutes, all goats running at large must be yoked, each with a good substantial yoke, of which the lower bar shall be three feet and the upper bar not less than 18 inches in length, otherwise may be impounded in the nearest common pound by any person. Penalty not exceeding $2 with costs. I wonder what the costs... <laughs> I have no idea what the costs were of impounding a goat. And now that I'm hearing it, I'm realizing that I was describing it wrong because it would go across their shoulders. Across their I was shoulders. thinking, yeah, yeah, thinking of a triangle like that. So who's going to give us a description of the, the yoked goats? Uh, this is Grant Tucker. Grant Tucker. I remember... Uh, uh, all the fences around then uh, were what they call uh, layer fences. You know what they are? Okay, uh, sometimes they're called whittle rods, where the uh, pickets 
are not nailed to the rails on the fence, but woven, you know? And uh, now, goats had a habit of being able to pry apart the whittle rods, or the layers, we used to call them, right, and get in the gardens. So every year before the goats were turned loose on the common, which they were, for the summer anyway, uh, in the spring and the summer and, and the early fall, the goats would be on uh, grazing on the common. And uh, they'd had a yoke, which would be a triangular frame, three pieces of wood nailed together to form it over their necks. And that would prevent them from getting into the garden, you see. Now, if, you're, if your appetite for goat has been whetted by the stories you have heard today, uh, we have a, a whole booklet of these stories uh, called The Goats of New Perlican. And people can go online and download that. It's a free online download. You can get it in PDF form. If you just Google Goats of New Perlican, I'm sure that it will... Oh, it'll come up. It'll pop up. Or you can go to um, mun.ca slash ICH. And uh, under the resources page there, there's all of our oral history roadshow booklets that you can you can download so tara thanks for coming back with another collection uh we didn't even get to talk about stinky bucks didn't get to talk about stinky bucks didn't talk about laughing goats we'll have to save those maybe for another episode we will all right we'll see you next time you've been listening to the living heritage podcast co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening.